Would you please turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 16, and we want to read from verse 25. Paul wrote this letter to the Romans from the city of Corinth while he was on his third apostolic journey. And um, he was so full of the things that God was doing, not only within his own life, but when he looked at what God was doing around him and the incredible need, the challenges that were out there. And I must say that as we were at the advanced conference the last few days, Eventually, I turned to Jenny, and I said, it's so good to get a grasp and an understanding of the challenges that lie here in this beautiful land that God has placed you. We've had the privilege to be taken from the beautiful land of South Africa, Durban, comma, dot, 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 comma. And of course, I don't have to say anything more. I said to the previous congregation, my lips will be sealed. (laughs) From that land all the way to the beautiful, beautiful land of Switzerland. Who of you have been to Switzerland? Ah. She's truly picture perfect when you look at her. But the problems and challenges that we face is equally as challenging as the the problems and the challenges that you have within this beautiful nation. And for us, we feel that God uprooted us in Durban after leading a church there for, for 16 years. And after it being the place that I just loved being and the church I dreamt of leading. And, and, and the type of ministry that absolutely suited my giftings. And God moves us and he drops us in a place called Zug in Switzerland. Where I didn't think my giftings actually fitted the context. And yet it was without question God's divine plan and design to uproot us and to place us within that beautiful land. Are they easy people to reach? No. Have we fallen in love with them? Absolutely, yes. And so I feel that God has placed us in that land and the greater area of Europe and the nations for a time as this and for his own purposes. And I believe that it is no different for you who were born within this place, God determines in Acts chapter 17 where you should live. And God designs the boundary lines that he places you in because he says, because perhaps you'll be able to seek him and find him. Isn't that amazing? Acts 17. And that has been our experience within this land of Zook, the church is 15 years old. Now, when we got there, it was about six, six, seven years old. And we got there, and an experience started for us, a huge adventure for me at the age of 50. That has changed my life and has caused me to be more in love with Jesus now 
than I was when I really got to know him personally, probably at the age of five, six, seven years old. My friends, as we read this passage of scripture, I want you to pick up the heartbeat of Paul because for us to go to Zug, Switzerland without the key truth within this passage would have been absolutely futile. And some stories we want to tell you this morning is about the gospel because you will see that as Paul starts and as he starts reading in the book of Romans, his introductory passage is very similar to the concluding passage. He starts off with the gospel and he speaks about his passion about the gospel and then he ends in Romans chapter 16 where he speaks about the gospel not only for the Jews but for the Gentile nation. And he speaks about the gospel going out into the worlds and for people to be captivated by this message and transformed by the power of this which is transforming us. And so let's read and let's see what Romans chapter 16 from verse 25 says. Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with the gospel, the word the gospel, good news, The message I proclaim about Jesus Christ in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The church that we find here that the letter is written to, some say it was written to a number of churches, some say it was to the Christians within Rome, but nevertheless we know that where the phrase comes from, all roads lead to Rome, and it is one of the key elements here because we see that people from around the world, their world, move towards Rome because all roads led to Rome. And I wonder why it is that. Why? It is not just for economic reasons, but it was because the gospel was waiting for them there. In bodily form. You say in bodily form, yes. You see, the gospel is a message that when it is infused into our lives, it becomes that revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is what excites us. That is what really motivates Jen and I and our son who was 16 at the time to move from South Africa to Zug because the gospel needed to be manifested through a voice, through hands, through eyes, through feet, through a heart that beats for Christ. My friends, we can talk about how beautiful the gospel is. We can talk about its dynamic power. But if this gospel does not transform us from the inside outwards. And if that message does not proclaim from our lips and reaches people there, 
the gospel as it were can be dead to a region or a people. Because Paul mentions the word by faith here at the end. Faith is that which causes the gospel to become alive in the lives of people. And I think that reality needs to grip you and I. You guys move from one area to another too, you know, and you uh, get into a cultural different place where you have to adapt, where you've got to do things you never used to do. For me, um, I had to do things. I had to change. Jenny's had to change. I had to start drinking beer. (laughs) I never had a glass of beer before I went to Switzerland. Some of you say, well, pity that South African. He's not true South African, is he? (laughs) I've had to change. Because, my friends, when you read the scripture here, you'll see that Paul makes some incredible statements. He makes the statement, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ, or he speaks about his gospel. The gospel was incredibly personal to Paul. Because it's my gospel. But then he says, it's about the Lord Jesus Christ. And he realized that the gospel he owns is actually the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That has to become the gospel of everybody else. But the interesting thing is, he takes personal ownership of this gospel. I think the church can take more ownership of the gospel to say it's my gospel when it becomes mine. We know that we have freely received of this gospel. Now we've got to give freely of this gospel and give it to others. And only as we give it does Jesus become alive to people. And that's a loaded statement, isn't it? You see, this is my faith in the church that we're leading now. Is that every single time when the gospel is proclaimed by one of us, I believe we give people the opportunity to see the living Christ. We've got a little phrase within our church, and we say, hey, you know, this morning, someone is going to bump into Jesus. I love that. I love that. Someone's going to bump into Jesus. I said, let's get out of the way sufficiently so people can bump into Jesus. I sit with our band and I say to them, guys, this morning, let's make sure we are not in Jesus' way or in people's way. Let them bump into Jesus. You see, because I am of the opinion and I'm convinced of it, and I think Paul was too, that when we proclaim this incredible gospel, Jesus becomes alive in the lives of people. And that's when transformation starts. And this is the thing that truly captivates Jenny and I in Switzerland. It's becoming my gospel, as Paul says. But how pitifully sad I am if it just stays my gospel. (laughs) Desire is that this gospel becomes the gospel of other people. Paul says so. Look, look in this passage. Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, that message I proclaim about Jesus Christ in keeping with the revelation of the mystery that was hidden from times past. And so Paul says very clearly here, he says, this gospel 
that he has encountered is a gospel that is unstoppable. When it becomes my gospel and I start to give it to other people, there is a multiplying effect. There is a momentum that takes place and this gospel becomes unstoppable. When I preach on a Sunday morning, I was so disappointed this morning. I had a most wonderful service. The preacher was great. <laughs> Ask people, for those who do not know Jesus, to put up their hand. And no one did. You know, and I say I'm disappointed. Do you know why? Because I have an expectation that every single time that I say that to people, that now they're going to bump into Jesus. Do you understand my disappointment? It's got nothing to do with anything else. There's an expectancy within my heart that as people walk through the doors of Lift International Church, that they're going to bump into Jesus. And we will do whatever we can to create the space, the opportunity for people to bump into Jesus. I think this is what Paul's heart resonated with when he wrote this passage and he could see that the gospel was absolutely unstoppable when it's in the hands of men and women, boys and girls like us. And I believe it is no different for this church that the gospel is unstoppable within your hands. I believe this place doesn't have, stand a chance because you are going to, through the gospel, allow people to bump into Jesus. And my friends, we've seen people bump into Jesus over the last little while that has blown our minds. You know, I've had the privilege of, 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 of being a pastor for almost 35 years, well, for 35 years. And I have not seen a harvest like we have seen it over the last six, seven years. I'm not an evangelist, I'm a pastor. I love people, I love to connect, I love to talk to people. <laughs> you don't have to be an evangelist. Honestly, I preach and we see people get saved. Why? The difference is because the gospel has a faith element to it. And when there is faith that rises up within our hearts, we start to have an expectation so that when it doesn't happen, you're disappointed. My friends, we should be disappointed every Sunday when we don't see people come to know Jesus. Amen? I, don't be, you know, I believe our churches, this church, is ideally situated and suited for people to walk through this door. Do you know what? People say, well, you've got to go out to them. I believe that too. But I tell you, they have no chance when they walk in here. When people walk into Lift International Church, they don't have any other option but to get saved. <laughs> you know, and sometimes it would take nine months to a year and a half. But saved they will be. Why? Because the gospel is unstoppable. <laughs> I can tell you hundreds of, not hundreds, many stories. Last Sunday, you know, I try and be a good teacher like Matt. Don't you love his teaching? Yeah. I love your teaching. I get filled with it. It's, 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 there's a dynamic there that is just, I just like you. <laughs> <laughs> and so I try and be the good teacher. Last time I try to be the kitchen, you know, we're doing series on Nehemiah. I've been trying to preach on Nehemiah for, for the last three weeks. Never got to it. Because God's doing something. Just, 
just, just amazing. And last Sunday, we had a, the guy who planted the church come and he spoke for 15 minutes. Then this person spoke, then that person spoke. And I wanted to preach on Nehemiah 4. I was ready. It's a great sermon. What I can give to you. <laughs> All there. And so at the end of the meeting, I just looked across to a French guy sitting there. One of our elders came and said, hey, mother, ask this lady. She, she may have a prophetic word. I said, no. We had many contributions. I said, no. Just got up and I looked at that French guy. And I knew he was going to give his life to Jesus. He's been in our church for about a year. His wife got baptized about six months ago. But he was absolutely nowhere. But he loved community within our church. You see, the church makes this possible, not just the person standing up front. There's a faith element within the church, a dynamic that does it. And I just looked at him and I just said, who would like to get to, to commit their lives to Jesus Christ for the first time today? And I just looked at him, he looked at me and he just smiled. He's, he, you know, all of the women in our church who are single, they just love this guy. Although he's married, he's very good looking. Oh, don't worry, the married woman too. <laughs> yeah, he's a good looking guy. And I looked at him and he smiled. And I shook my head to him and he shook his head. And I said, who wants to get saved? His hand went up like this. He tells me afterwards, he said, he didn't even think about it. His hand just went up. How many of you know that that's the presence, the power, and the drawing of the Holy Spirit? A couple of the guys saw what was happening because we made this one a little bit public. And they rushed over to him, put their hands and they started praying for him. And he got Jesus. The gospel just transformed his life right there. Isn't it? It's still a miracle, isn't it, when Jesus enters the lives of people. And then another Italian man, three rows at the back, first time in our church. I said, who this Italian man puts up? So we had a French and a man from, from Italy gave their lives to Jesus. Two men. Why? My friends, I believe the gospel is unstoppable when we own the gospel and we give it away for others. You know, and so we see here that Paul says, he says, um, now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, which becomes everybody else's gospel that we give it to, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past. You see, this gospel is unstoppable because it is his personal story that becomes our personal story. The gospel is unstoppable because the gospel is highly relational. Paul says here, he says, this gospel was revealed and made known. Something is only revealed and made known when it's relational. This gospel is about the Lord Jesus. It breathes. It's got personality. It is so contagious. It draws people to Jesus. Highly relational. And God has put it in the hands of his people who are relational. They say, oh, I'm not a relational person. No, you are. Because the DNA of God is within you. <laughs> and you are relational and you can take this gospel and share it 
with other people. Our church is highly relational because of the need of the people. They need community. They don't have family. All of those type of things. It is highly relational. But Jesus is highly relational. I said to Matt, he should write a book and he should entitle it, um, Jesus the Relational Genius. Because that's who he is. In the beginning, you know, let us make, you know, there's, there's, there's relationship there within the Godhead. And it goes all the way through. When you look at all that, he just, Jesus, the woman at the well, he just looks at a highly relational Jesus, isn't he? Got down to her level and the gospel exploded within her life. Highly relational with Nicodemus. Teacher of the law, he knew how to relate to anyone and everywhere. And my friends, the gospel within our hands becomes highly relational. I'm sitting with people who are out of work within Switzerland, who's looking for jobs. And then I sit with the MG of Credit Suisse, who leads our bands. You know, the gospel makes me highly relational, irrespective of who the people are. And Paul speaks about this gospel as being highly relational. My friends, the Brits have no chance because the relational God wants to draw them into a relationship with him. And I see so many nations here. Those nations, believe me, are looking for real relationship. Firstly, with the living God, and we've got to see that. The gospel is unstoppable when it is in the hands of his relational people. Tell you how relational the gospel is. And please help me with the time. I thank you. I think it is, it is this man has also transformed my life since we've been in Switzerland. He was our neighbor. His name is Jurek Lenski. He gave me permission to share his story. And when we got to Switzerland, he um, became my first friend. And he's, he's probably my best friend in Switzerland. He's a Swiss man. But he's very unlike the Swiss. The Swiss normally, they do not seem to be very relational at first. And we're quite relational, Jen, and I, I think we've broken all of the rules. And um, so what happens is when you drive into our big garage, it's an underground garage, and there must be, oh, I don't know, over a hundred cars there and all that. When you drive, when we first got there, you drive and nobody waves to anybody. They don't even look at each other. And so what I, I just said to our church, you know what? People come to know the Lord through the goodness and the kindness of God, and it needs to be shown through us. And so that's kind of the way we do evangelism through our church and into Switzerland is through the goodness and the kind. We want to be good to people and we want to be kind to people. How easy is that? And so when I drive into the building and there are other people caught, I wave at them. I think some of the ladies think there's something wrong with me. <laughs> I drive and I just wave at them. The guys, I wave at them and you don't wave at a Swiss man. I wave at them. You know, six, I'm almost six years down the line now, in that garage block, when you're there, you'll even see that when you come and visit us. As I want to put up my hand, their hands are already up and they're waving. <laughs> I believe the gospel, when it's relational, just lifts a lid of conservatism. How do you break conservatism? You break it by being relational. Amen? 
And this Swiss guy breaks all of the rules. When we got there, he embraced us. He became our friend. He's a few years younger than me. And just an amazing guy. But did not know anything about Jesus. And so the story goes that we would become friends. We started riding motorbikes together, Jörg and I. And um, whenever I have a Swiss need that needs to be solved, Jörg, and he comes, what can I help you with? Boom, 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 boom. At that stage, when people come and visit you, you've got to have beer in your house and you've got to have wine. And I had no experience of either. Depraved South African. And I'd run down and I said, I will run up and I'd say, Jörg, what type of wine do I need to have when these people come? He says, let's go down to my cellar. And he gives me the best wine for the people coming. What beer should I have? He works for a brewery now. <laughs> He'll give me the best beer for the occasion. And he just became this friend and we started to share the gospel with him over the years. And he became our friend. And Jenna, I just love him. And... Um, so at times, you know, we will sit down and have a, have, a, have a one-on-one conversation about Jesus being the only way. And how many of you know that that is a stumbling block in modern day living? You can get through all of the other religional, religion type of principle, but that one is the crossroads for relationships. And also the one in Switzerland, which is huge, is that salvation is by grace and by grace alone. The Swiss know how to keep laws. They know how to design their own success. And so the gospel of grace is highly offensive to the Swiss. So him and I, we spoke about that. And it's so hard for them to get around. They've got to pay for everything. If they don't pay for it, they're suspicious about the product. And so with Jörg, we started to work through it and he started to see it. It was most amazing, you know, we, that's another story for another day, but we went on a whiskey tour to Scotland through another story of a Scotsman getting saved within our church for another day. And there Jörg said to me, we were in the hotel together, four days in Scotland, going to different distilleries. I had never drank whiskey in my life. <laughs> but the Scotsman comes to me, he's unsaved within our church, and um, he walks up to me. He says, Piet, it's my 40th birthday in a couple of months' time. I said, oh, great. He says, but I'm taking about 20 guys on a tour through Scotland in a big bus, and we're going to go to whiskey distilleries. And he says, you as my pastor, I'd like you to come with. How many of you know that a man who's never had a whiskey in his life, <laughs> that scared the living daylights out of me. Half of those guys were from South African breweries, and that's dangerous. And Jörg was there with him, and cut a very long story short, he started to say to me, you know, I get what you're saying about salvation is by grace, and I get what you're saying, that Jesus is the only way. And then what happened? About a, a few years later, I want you to see that the gospel that is relational requires patience and persistence, but faith. And it was last year, over the Easter period. Saturday night, we were in our home. Our son, who studies in Barcelona, got home. And um, we had just had dinner. Jen, incredible cook, and she just made an amazing dinner. And Chris ate, and um, he's studying chiropractics at Barcelona. And as he walked to his room, he called out to his mom, and he said, Mom, Mom, come here. 
Jen walked into the room and he couldn't move his left side. He couldn't battle to, to really speak like he normally does. And he had just had a stroke at the age of, of 20. And, and of course, the moment when that, I, I knew what was happening. Um, and we rushed him to the hospital, which was, thank God, just 10 minutes away from us. And thank God it is in Switzerland. And if you're from Spain, sorry guys, but I'd rather him be in a hospital in Switzerland that's 10, 15 minutes away from us. God's grace, God's goodness. We rushed him to the hospital and he had three strokes over that period of time. And um, we were there with him until late and um, uh, the one was a biggish stroke, the other two were mini strokes. And um, the next morning was Easter Sunday. And um, there was no one else to preach than me. So Jenny went to church that morning. Oh, sorry, Jenny went to the hospital that morning. I went to church. And no one knew what happened. One of our elders did. I phoned him that night. Got to church and um, getting ready for the service. And of course, I really would have loved to have been with my son. But, you know, we were there for Easter Sunday morning service. And as I walked in, I sat down. It was like 20, 20 minutes before. And that's when people started to hear what's happening. And people just started praying that morning. And like 20 minutes before the service starts, a couple walks into. It is Jörg and his partner. They have been living together for something like 14, 15 years. They walk in. And I look at him. And it's not the classical response that you should have when people visit your church. But I looked at Jörg and I said, what are you doing here? <laughs> because we had invited them so often and normally around 15, 20 minutes they cancel, you know, as we all have that one. And then they just walked in, and he just said to me, Daniela, which is his girlfriend that they've been living together for so many years, he says, Daniela woke up this morning, and she said, I think Piet needs us today. They knew nothing about what happened to Chris, but they walk in and they said, I think Piet needs us today. Let's go to church. The unstoppable gospel doesn't only flow through you and I, it flows through people who do not know Jesus. And they came and they sat in front in the church here next to me. I was sitting there, they were sitting there. Had the service, prayed, I preached. Prayed for Chris. Throughout the net that morning, who wants to give their lives to Jesus? Both of them stood up, and they gave their lives to Jesus. And it was the next moment they looked at me and they said, Piet, do you think you could marry us? How's that? My friends, the gospel is radical, and that's my next point that we're not going to get to. The gospel is radical within its nature. When the gospel comes in, things change. People get baptized in water when the gospel enters their lives. People who live together get married when the gospel enters their lives. I'm unashamed to say that. That's the nature and the power of the gospel. Jörg and Daniel, after so many years, Swiss couple, they said, can you marry us? Six months later, I did their wedding. 
Now they, they don't come to church. She's still discovering more of what that salvation is. But Yerk is captivated by Jesus. And so at his wedding, I just said to them, guys, I can only do a Christian wedding. He says, yes, but that's what I want, Piet. And we did a wedding. I tell you, it was so Christian. Some of you would have been offended. <laughs> because I wanted to make sure I locked this one up pretty, pretty securely. And the vows. And every time I mentioned Jesus, Jörg went, oh, man. Man, transformed from this. And my friends, this gospel is highly relational, but it's also highly radical. My friends, if we are going to touch the nations of the earth, I believe his story has to become ours. And we need to make sure that we own it, and we need to make sure that we pass it on. If more nations are going to be radically transformed, got to make sure that we step into the relational element of the gospel because Jesus is highly relational. Be patient, but be persistent. Be kind, and it will lead others to repentance. And this gospel is truly international. It's in our hands. You as a church are beautifully and perfectly poised and positioned to influence more nations here and so many more out there. Would you partner with us in Switzerland to see the nations come to Jesus? Would you mind standing as I pray? Could I do that, please? love just to pray for you as a people can I do that and and, and just ask God that this thing that is placed within us would just flow out in the lives and that he would raise our levels of faith for this and we just pray together like me you get weary Like me, you get disappointed. But also like me, it is moments as we walk through his story and we experience what he's doing in the lives of people that will inspire and encourage us. And I'd like to pray that the Spirit of God would come this morning and that he would inspire you more and more to see this unstoppable gospel touch your neighbor touch your mother and father touch your children touch your friends and touch the other nations that's that's on your doorstep because truly all roads lead to Paul 
all roads lead to Pool. All roads lead to Gateway. Jesus is waiting <laughs> and is calling. So, Father, would you come just within the lives of this church, Lord, these people? Would you place a faith within them, Lord, to see lives transformed through the gospel? Would you put a desire within them that is unquenchable, Father, to preach the gospel, Father, in all of its various forms and ways? Father, would there be something within their hearts that would leap within them every time when there's a possibility to see someone be, re- be united with you or reunited with you, Lord. May this gospel, Lord Jesus, that Paul spoke about, about your story, may this gospel burn within their hearts, Lord. And would you give us many, many more because we know your word says that the harvest is ready and ripe for the harvest. Thank you for all of these laborers here. Would your gospel, in its momentum, be unstoppable in and through this church as we trust you in Jesus' name. Just with no one looking around, please, if if you're not a lover of Jesus, if you had not yet bowed the knee before him, and have trusted Him for your life to forgive your sins, give you a new identity, and give you the assurance from for, for everlasting life. If, 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 if you're not a Christian and you would want just us to pray for you today because you feel that God is wanting to have a relationship with you. He's calling your name. Would you mind putting up your hand and then just put it down? And I'd just love to pray for you, just where you're at. If you want to know Jesus today, love to pray for you. It's one of the best things that can happen. Are there some people here? Father, we thank you for this moment in you. And would you enlarge our hearts with your gospel in Jesus' name.